If you haven't already watched the Sunday School video for this week, make sure to check it out after you watch this one. You can find a link to it in the description of this video below. Also, this week, it's going to be on Abraham and also the promises that God made to Abraham. And we know that God is always true to whatever he says. So let's take a look at that together in our Sunday School video. Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. For I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. For he is a rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. Give ear, O heavens, and I will speak, and hear, O earth, the words of my mouth. For I proclaim the name of the Lord, ascribe greatness to our God. For he is the rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. A God of truth and without injustice, righteous and upright is he. John chapter 14, verses 4 through 7. John 14, 4 through 7. Jesus said, You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, and the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you will know him, and have seen him. God the Father of all men, ruler of all nations, master of the universe, Lord of all creation, can it be that we are the people of the morning we looked at that famous passage where Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Well, in this video tonight, what we're going to actually take a look at is each one of those different statements. 
what did Jesus say? Like, what was he really saying? What was he really meaning whenever he said that he is the way? What about whenever he said that he is the truth? What about whenever he said that he is the life? And we're going to take a look at, at some of what John says in other places. And we're going to take a look at maybe some of the other gospels a little bit and some other writings. And we're going to see what Jesus was telling us by stating that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. Let's start with that first one. John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So now let's take a look at that first statement that Jesus makes whenever he says, I am the way. What was he talking about? Well, at the beginning of Jesus's earthly ministry, we actually find out that John the Baptist was quoting the Old Testament prophet Isaiah about the way of the Lord. Let's look at that together. It's recorded for us in John chapter 1, verse 23. We read, John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of one calling out in the wilderness, make straight the way for the Lord. Isn't that interesting that he's talking about make straight the way for the Lord? So even before Jesus Christ started preaching openly, John the Baptist started proclaiming that he was making a straight path for the way of the Lord. And he was talking about this way of the Lord. Well, this prophecy actually comes from Isaiah the prophet, just like it's stated here in, in John. But let's actually go back and let's read this prophecy from Isaiah 40, because I think there's a few interesting things that we can easily overlook if we're not careful. So let's go back and let's look at this prophecy originally. So in Isaiah chapter 40, now this was written hundreds of years before Jesus set foot on this earth, but notice what's stated about the way of the Lord. Isaiah 40 verses 1 and 2. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Verses three through five. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all people will see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So here we find out a little bit about this, this way of the Lord. And this passage, what we see is this image about a king coming through the land, how our God, our Lord is king and he's coming through the land and the road needs to be straightened out. This way for the Lord needs to be made ready. That's what John the Baptist was quoting this passage, saying that that's what he's doing. He is preparing the way for the Lord. He's doing that in the wilderness, and he is laying this foundation. What does this way for the Lord look like? Well, we see a few things here, and we see that God has spoken about this. But if we keep reading in verses 6 through 8 of Isaiah 40, we find out a little bit more about this way of the Lord. Verses 6 through 8. A voice says, cry out, and I say, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord endures forever. So you start to see a little bit about the way of the Lord. And if you want to dive more into this passage, there is more. We're not going to continue to look in this chapter, and there's a lot about the way of the Lord in this chapter. But we definitely see about the way of the Lord is different than ours. 
because you know we are actually kind of compared to grass here that it it doesn't last forever you know and it, it's actually very delicate I, I think that we have most certainly uh, if, at least if you've lived you know any number of years you start to realize you know life is a very delicate thing and it's only by the grace of God that we are given the the breath of life in us today and that if God so wills it we will be able to have it tomorrow the grass withers and the flowers fall but the word of the Lord the word of God the word of our God it endures forever so John at the beginning of Jesus ministry it's not by chance that he's quoting this passage and talking about preparing this way for the Lord because this way is a different way and Jesus you know he also mentioned the way that his disciples were going to have to take you know that way is described in the Sermon on the Mount in fact the whole Sermon on the Mount is is describing how things are going to be different because this is the way of the Lord this is the way to follow the Lord today in Matthew chapter 7 we actually read this about the way in which we must go in Matthew chapter 7 verses 13 through 14 Jesus says enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it well whenever you look at this passage there's a couple of things that uh, you know I know that we've just just looked at this passage not long at all ago but we were looking at the gate at that point and yes it is a narrow gate through which we must enter but do you realize it's not just a narrow gate but it's also a narrow road when you look at it in verse 14 but small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life that's the way that that gate is narrow but that way or that road is narrow as well and we can kind of miss that but whenever we see what Jesus says we find out he is this way we must follow this way we must enter through the gate just like what we looked at whenever Jesus said I am the gate okay we saw that you know I am I'm the door okay now he's saying that he is uh, the way and that way is the same as this road it is a narrow way it is the way of our Lord it's the way we must follow today so when Jesus said I am the way that means there is no other way we must follow Jesus Christ today and forever Jesus is the way and he's also the truth he says I'm the way and the truth and the life let's look at a few passages from John that talk about truth now really we're just gonna kind of start at the beginning of John's writings and just kind of work our way through a little bit and and notice what he says about truth because there's a lot we can learn along the way for starters in John chapter 1 at the very beginning he starts talking about truth and notice how he connects it to Jesus Christ once again I'll remind you all the way back in verse 1 of John 1 he says that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God now we find out more about this word of God verse 14 the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only son who have come from the father who came from the father full of grace and truth John testified concerning him he cried out saying this is the one I spoke about when I said he who comes after me surpasses me because he was before me out of his fullness we have all received grace in place of grace already given for the law was given through Moses grace and truth came through Jesus Christ do you notice already how John is connecting this Word of God Jesus Christ this word made flesh he is connecting this word with truth 
not by accident that John records that Jesus says, I'm the way and the truth. He was full of grace. He was full of truth. And we also find out that the law was given through Moses in verse 17, but grace and truth, it came through Jesus Christ. The way that we know truth is through Jesus Christ, through this word of God. But let's keep looking a few more chapters later in John's gospel. In John chapter four, we find out this wonderful statement. And by the way, most of these statements aren't going to be new to you. It's just we're looking at them together, finding out more about the truth. John 4, 24, God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Jesus is the truth. In order for us to be pleasing to God, in order for us to be uh, pleasing uh, in our worship to God, we must do it in the spirit and in the truth. John 8, 32, Jesus speaking there, he says, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. How important is the truth? Well, how much do you like freedom? And here we're talking about spiritual freedom. How much do you like the spiritual freedom that you can have? You can only have that through the truth, through Jesus Christ. John chapter 17, verse 17, whenever Jesus was praying, he actually prayed to the Father, he said, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. Once again, we see this close connection between truth and the word of God, because God's word is truth. Not only the Bible being the word of God, but also the word of God being Jesus Christ. He is the word. He is the truth. And he is asking that the Father would sanctify them, the disciples, by the truth. Not everybody exactly understood this. For example, look at John chapter 18, verses 37 and 38. This is during the trial of Jesus, and he has this conversation with Pilate. Here's the conversation. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you say that I am a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. What is truth? retorted Pilate. With this, he went out again to the Jews, gathered there, and said, I find no basis for a charge against him. There's so much in this passage that we can find out about truth. You know, for starters, let's kind of work our way backwards in this. In verse 38, what you find out is, look, he doesn't find any basis for these charges that they're trying to bring against him. You know, the, the Jewish leaders, they're trying to manipulate the situation. They're trying to get Jesus crucified because they don't like him. They don't like his message. They don't like what he's saying. They are not listening to the truth. So here, whenever Pilate, you know, he starts to recognize what's going on and he says, look, I don't find any basis. I don't find any truth in these charges against him. But he does ask that question of Jesus in verse 38. Whenever Jesus starts talking about this truth, he says, what is truth? You know, and I kind of wonder how he said that. And I've, I've shared that with you before. And, and you know, I kind of wish I, I knew how he said it, uh, said it. The way that the NIV translates it says retorted Pilate. You know, I guess that's kind of a little bit of a negative type statement that Pilate is just sort of saying, you know, what is truth? You know, Jesus is talking about truth. And Jesus has already talked about truth. He said that the word of God is truth. Both the Bible and he himself is truth. And he talks about this. And the whole reason why he came into the world in verse 37 is to testify to the truth. He is the truth. And then he also says that everyone on the side of truth listens to, to me. That's what Jesus said, because he is the truth. Pilate, he wasn't listening to the truth right here. 
these Jewish leaders that were gathered there, they weren't listening to the truth either. Jesus Christ is the truth. Now let's take a look at some other passages that John wrote later on in, in the book of Revelation now. Revelation chapter 19, actually. In Revelation 19, verses 11 through 16, notice what is said about Jesus and about truth. John says here, 19, beginning of verse 11. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Who's being described here? Well, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Verse 13, his name is the Word of God. The rider on this white horse, from verse 11, the rider is called Faithful and True. This is most certainly Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is our King of Kings. He's our Lord of Lords. He's the Word of God. He is faithful. He is true. He is the truth. Jesus is the way and the truth. And Jesus is the life. He says, I'm the way and the truth and the life. John says a whole lot about life in his gospel. In fact, you know, we've recently just kind of covered some of those passages in, in previous sermons. So I'm not going to look at some of those things. But what I, I want us to look at now is, is going back to, to the book of Revelation and really kind of the end of Revelation. And notice how many times the idea of life is being connected there. And see, that's so important because it's very fitting that the very beginning of the Bible starts with life and starts with God creating everything out of nothing. That is the God that we serve, the one who is capable of creating the entire universe. And then at the end of the Bible, what we find out is there is still life because Jesus Christ, he is the way, he is the truth, and he is the life. Let's look at it together. Revelation chapter 21, verse 4, talking about what life is going to be like in the future, you know, the, the afterlife, so to speak. We read this description I'm sure you're familiar with, verse 4 of Revelation 21. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Notice, it doesn't exactly say life right here, but it says there will be no more death. You know what that means? If there's no more death, that means there is life because Jesus is the life. In Revelation 21 verse 27, nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Now, you know, if you want to do an interesting uh, study sometime, you know, a word study, I guess it would be words study here in this case, look up about this Lamb's Book of Life or look at the Book of Life and you will find it shows up a few different times in the scriptures, but it's connected with this life. So, I mean, everything about the life that we will experience one day, it has to do with, you know, there's not going to be any more death. Right here, our names, are, have got to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There's also more in Revelation that talks about life in general. 
In Revelation 22, verses 1 and 2, notice how many times life is connected with, with this and how life will be in, in the future. Verses 1 and 2, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the land, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. We see the river of the water of life. We see the tree of life. We see life. Jesus, once again, going back to John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Back whenever he originally said it 2,000 years ago, he is also the way, the truth, and the life today. And he is the way and the truth and the life tomorrow. He's always going to be the way, the truth, and the life. We must follow him. We must search this out, find this to be true, and share it with other people. Because they need to know also that Jesus is the way. He is the truth, and he is the life. When a child, I loved you so. Say